Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 60. Can you believe it? 60 podcast. Prod, you know why we call it prod? Because it's like produce and we talk a lot of produce. Today is the man who has made it. He's worked with the best in the world. He's traveled and now he lives on the beach. Sound of the ocean in the background. Beautiful wife, beautiful kids, beautiful mates and cooking delicious food. So that's what we all want to do. And you're going to find out how to do it today with Spencer Patrick. He is from Port Douglas and has a wonderful life up there. So, always brought to you by Chef Notepad. That stores your recipes and helps you work out what to do in the kitchen, which we all need to do. And also, we're going to bring it to you today from Taste Port Douglas. Now, that's on on the 7th to the 10th of October 2021, so not far away. Uh, If you're listening to this in time, you should check out the website at... Uh, tasteportdouglas.com.au make sure you put the au that's the current website it's going to give you all the correct information so check that out but let's do it now sit back and enjoy spencer patrick spencer patrick welcome to the broadcast how are you today i'm fantastic how are you <laughs> very good <laughs> so but spencer uh, uh, spencer patrick why is it not patrick spencer like what's going on there man Oh, you know, I've, never, I've always been called you know, Patrick Spencer on emails. I think, get it right, Spencer, Patrick. <laughs> you know, I asked my father one time why am I called Spencer, because it's supposed to be a surname. And he said it was, uh, it was a dog's fault. I said, what? I said, you were named after a dog. And, uh, and uh, the, <laughs> him and mum were at home one, one time early into my birth, as it were. I said, what should we call our son? All of a sudden, uh, somebody goes, Spencer, Spencer, come here. There's obviously someone trying to get that dog back. So I'm named after a dog. Okay. <laughs> well, not everyone's going to know that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're living in one of the most beautiful places in Australia. Um, how lucky are you? Yeah, pretty lucky, you know. Um, when I came over here from, from London, one of the things I wanted to do is get rid of the greyness in my life. And that is the, the sky, you know. I want to be, if I'm going to move to Australia, I want to be surrounded by beauty, blue sky, palm trees, etc. Yeah. And you know, when I came over here, me being a naive naive Englishman, um, I moved to Melbourne first of all, and I arrived in August. And um, I thought I'd get off the plane, walk out the airport, and there'll be blonde hair girls, surfboards walking by, a bit like a um, a bigger. Looser, right? Stroke, yeah. Stroke, <laughs> Sydney. But I, I got, got to Melbourne. It was colder than, um, than the UK and pretty grey, pretty miserable. I was like, oh, my God, here we go. The wind whistles down those streets. Yeah, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah. So I had to um, kind of uh, reinvent my thoughts about Australia. But now I live in Port Douglas and it's all come real, which is fantastic. It is amazing. Tell, let's rewind a little bit. Um, England, London, you were winning awards and getting Michelin stars and working for Marco and doing some cool stuff. Tell us a little bit about how that all started and yeah. what inspired that. A bit, a bit of a journey. I mean, I've been cooking now for about 34 years, which, you know, time just, time just flies, chapters go, right? So um, I started off, I was, I was, I was brought up in, um, in Leicestershire in England and um, I started off my. F- no, actually, I'll say we'll go back. Um, I went, my parents spent all their money sending me to a private school, and um, I didn't do very, very well. Like, I was a very, very bad boy, so I got expelled. <laughs> so, name you after a dog and take you to a private school. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. That's right. And, um, you know, I didn't do very well. I was uh, good at getting out of things and always got caught, got expelled. 
And um, so I um, decided to, well, I had to go and get a job, so I washed dishes. And, uh, <laughs> and when, I, when, I, when I was washing the dishes, I, you know, I had to prove something to myself, to, to, my, to my parents that was good for something. <clears throat> so I thought, okay, from now on, I'm going to um, do everything great. And so I washed dishes cleaner than any other um, kitchen porter. I uh, made sure I had more suds in the sink and I was fast and efficient. <clears throat> but when I, when I took a, um, a look down the right, I could see the, the, uh, the guys cooking. You know, their chef wipes, um, they had passion, they had fire, they had uh, adrenaline pumping through. Then I could just, I could just see this. I was like, whoa, I wouldn't mind a piece of that. And then, you know, after, after work, We'd all sit around the bar, me still being a kitchen porter, and um, or a dishy, and then the chefs talking about their, you know, their, their accounts of their, their night and oh, you know, swearing, blinding, and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, wow, this is really cool. They're like, they're like fucking pirates. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was great. And I, I decided one a piece of that. So what I used to do, I used to wash my dishes even faster, and then uh, give the guys a hand in the kitchen and then stay behind and, cook and wash the dishes and stuff. So in the end, one, um, one chef didn't turn up and, um, and the, the head chef goes, oh, do you want, do you want to have a go in the kitchen? And I said, yeah. And I put a chef jacket on <coughs> in, the, um, in the changing rooms. And back then the chef jackets had like, I remember had like a Chinese collar on them. And um, they're, very, they're a bit more fitted as well, a bit like a braggart. And, um, and I put this on, looked at myself, and I had long hair, ponytail, and all that sort of stuff. And I um, thought, yeah, this looks good. And uh, so <clears throat> I became very proud to wear that. And that's it. And then that's the first bit of the chapter. And I grabbed it, and I ran with it, and I made a bit of a success of myself, I think, anyway. Look, you definitely made a bit of success, you've been what I said. Tell us about. You, you tell us about some of the awards you worked you worked with Mark Epi and why. So tell so us about where you worked and, and, yeah, and some so of those awards. It's so, it's time to get it out, mate. Sorry. Yeah. So I know I, you're not, <laughs> I know you're not. I know you're a modest guy, but just so the people know. No, that, that, that's cool. So so I've always worked in Relish Chateau, Michelin style restaurants in the countryside, England. <clears throat> and then um, it was about 1993, I think it was. And I wanted to work for the best person, best chef in the industry. And back then it was Marco. <clears throat> so I just phoned him up and, um, and um, I spoke to his receptionist and said, oh, um, my name's Spencer Patrick, I'd like to apply for a job. And lucky was Marco was there and at that time he'd pick up the phone to anyone just for a chat and, a, and uh, do his thing. And, um, and I was quite shocked because he's from Yorkshire and you had a very posh accent and I said oh hello Mr White my name is Spencer Patrick I want a job he goes why, why should I give you a job and um, I said because I want to work for you he goes oh okay so well, why don't you come down and see me next Thursday at three o'clock <clears throat> and this is when he just opened up the restaurant market Pierre White in uh, the Hyde Park Hotel in Knightsbridge and so it's my first time to London <clears throat> and um walked into the restaurant and he was uh, sitting in the restaurant, but he had, he had these like two models either side and photography, he's doing some photo shoot. And um, he's always been very polite and a gentleman, <coughs> excuse me. 
And um, he goes, hold the cameras a minute. What's your name, young man? I said, Spencer, we have a meeting. Just, I do apologize. I'll be 10 minutes. Is that okay? I said, <laughs> so that, fine, thank you. So um, he, he spoke to his, um, his uh, assistant and says, can you get this, this, uh, this young man a drink? And uh, so I'll have a cup of tea, please. And, and I got a cup of tea and a cup and saucer. And I've never <laughs> shaked so much in my life. I could hear the rattle, you know what I mean? Um, in the end, of it, we had a chat, and um, and then he goes, "Okay, you start Monday." I was like, "Shit!" All right, so you know, I lived a hundred miles out, and I had to sort myself out accommodation, all that kind of stuff. But bit of a long story short, started there. I thought I knew loads. I was a sous chef in the Michelin-style restaurant, Relly Chateau, in the country, and I knew nothing when I moved there. <clears throat> it was a hard, good, emotional. Um, I spent three years working at the restaurant market, Pierre White. Uh, whipped myself up there to kind of sous chef, I suppose. And then he um, put me into the grill room at the Café Royal, which was amazing. <clears throat> and he let me run with it. My menu is amazing place, uh, really old London. The restaurant was red velvet, catarids, silverware. Oscar Wilde used to hold court there back in the day, all that shit. So we reinvented the old school with all the going on service and stuff again. Um, you know, we, we had great reviews. Um, uh, Good Food Guide ranked from one year, two years in a row actually. Marco and um, Nico are the same level. Then I was joint with Gordon Ramsay. So it's kind of joint eighth, do you know what I mean? So that's for two years, which is amazing. That's when Gordon was uh, in the stables at uh, Aubergine. And um, so that was cool. And I got mixed on the star there. <coughs> and I was 26. And of course, that, that I don't want to sound like a dickhead, but mixed on the stars were really hard to get that back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you had to have an extensive wine list. You had to have. Are you saying yeah. not like now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying a word. Um, but, you know, it, 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 certain details had to be in place. And. Um, it was great. And then at that time, you know, I was 26, I got Michelin star. And I just worked out. I had, I even employed my own PR agent to try and do stuff for me because wow. you know, I've always been a, a, a go hard because of my previous, right? And um, he said, you know, you're the youngest guy in the UK to have Michelin star. So, no, okay, well, let's run with that. Then, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I. I, um, I was going to say, can you go get us a beer, Scarlett? You're bringing us I a think water. I can get you a beer if you want. Yeah, get, do you want All another right. belter? Yeah, well, not yeah. Really good. All right. Well, I guess let's have a Thank you for getting us a water. Love that. Thanks. Wow. Okay, so you're over there. You're kicking goals. You're the youngest guy. You got the PR guy. Yeah. Go on. So, um, so, yeah, so I kept myself at 26 for three years. How old he spends 26, 26, 26. So it was cool. So did that for a few years, and then, and then um, um, another position opened up at the Mirabel in Mayfair. So I took over the head chef position there, um, gained and retained a Michelin star there, and then Quovardis on in Soho on Dean Street, which was uber cool. Damien Hurst at a bar upstairs, you know, they, you know, they did the same there again. Went there for a few years, but you know, in the nineties, mid to late nineties, um, London was rocking. Um, you know, the, the restaurant scene, the club scene, the fashion, the arts. It was just off the charts. And uh, it was just a really, really cool time to be in. And I think it was a great stable to be in as well. I've got lots of friends in the industry. Um, 
who come from those table as well, or most people know it too, um, which is great. And I'm really proud to be part of that kind of institution. And it certainly give me a pair of bollocks, that's for sure. <laughs> so, so when did you come to Australia? I came to Australia. Oh, why or where? When? When? Oh, actually, why as well? Um, yeah, let's go why. Be let's let's do the why. So, I pretty much done London. You know, sometimes you get that stage, and I think, shit. All right, I could go and work at another place, and uh, or you know, leave Marco. But leaving Marco Pierre White back in the day was a big thing. Because, um, you know, when you're head chef and him, you get paid bloody well, you're respected, it's, it's, it's a good gig. So, and, and you, you're kind of tunnelled as well, so you're typecast, as it were. And so to, to move away, you know, you've been doing that kind of food, you know, even if, even if you do digress and do your own style, you're still a Marco boy, which is, which is hard to... You know, right. Hard to it's like break. being in Harry Potter, isn't it? It's hard yeah, to get another job. I suppose. <laughs> but, yeah, wherever you go, I mean, I moved to Cambridge for a while and uh, semi-owned a kind of a, a gastro pub there. But everywhere you go and every kind of thing I try to do, it's always, uh, you're a Marco boy. So you're, you're defined by that, refined by that as well, but, de- but defined by that. So I decided to, you know, I didn't have a girlfriend, I had a, you know, no baggage whatsoever. So I got in touch with a um, recruitment agency just to see what was out there. And there's three jobs available. There was um, Soho House in New York and the Meatpackers um, place is about to open. There's a, <clears throat> a fine dining option in Moscow, but it's like that. And there was the Phoenix owned by Raymond Capaldi and Gary Megan in Melbourne. And so I thought Australia might be the way to go. And you know, I've got lots of kind of. I phoned up Curtis Stone, who um, worked for me for many years, and Shannon Bennett, who I worked with, and uh, Marcus Rewind, and a few other people. I said, Well, what do you reckon? Like, yeah, get over it, it's cool. <clears throat> Phoenix is a great place, fantastic. Uh, Remy Capaldi is, is um, groundbreaking over here, etc. And so, so I got the job. <laughs> so I had to leave home. So you got the job before you left, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I got the job and um, moved over. Curtis Stone very nicely put me in his um, his old grandparents' house, which is, um, I forget the name of the area now, but near the airport. Um, and so I had to drive to the Phoenix every day, which is Richmond, as you know. And I used to get lost every bloody day. Everyone was going, oh, no, no, you need to go this way. No, you need to go that way. Every day I got everything lost. You did say that these, way around Brisbane. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so you know, in London, never had, I never had to drive. Just because, taxis everywhere and stuff. But, yeah. but yeah. So it was you no know, new environment, Melbourne, new place, new book as well. I think rather than the chapter, and it, it didn't really fare for me too well, to be honest with you. Um, it was completely new to me, and I didn't deal with it very well. But the most amazing thing is, I met Rainer. My wife. Now. Yes, mm. we were talking about this earlier. Yep, and we, which was uh, really cool. And um, sliding doors. Yeah, tell sl- us about the sliding, sliding doors. doors. Yeah. So when I was um, working in Corvallis in Soho, she was um, uh, trying to kick goals and stuff. She was um, 
working in the bar as like a backpacker in the, the, the street adjacent. And she'd go for a coffee where I'd walk by in the afternoon, etc. And so it wasn't the right time to meet because I think I was a bit of an arrogant prick back then and she was just a cool backpacker and wouldn't, <laughs> and wouldn't take a second glance at me. So, and then when we moved to Melbourne, she, um, um, the trust um, was owned by the same people as the Phoenix was, or one person was joint owner. And um, when I left um, Ray and Gary's place, I went to go and work for this other venue, the trust, without knowing. And there Rainer was, and we, you know, did the industry, you know, lots of people are married through the industry, right? Mm. And, and it all worked out. And then um, we decided after, I, you know, I only worked at that place to collect cash, that was it. It wasn't a great place to work, but I just collected cash. And, um, and we decided to um, go and travel around Australia, which is a great thing for me as a chef, seeing how big this country yeah. is. It's huge, right? Yeah. And um, and so it's really really nice. So we we bought a four by four and and a camping shop and um, and we travelled Australia, told the sun clockwise, and it was a beautiful thing. So you went WA or had WA? You? Yep, WA. Yeah. Uh, which I love WA. I love the beaches. I love Margaret River. I think it's absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, what year was this? You know, was that so? About when was this? This would have been 15 years ago now. Okay, yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah. 15 years ago. But, um, yeah, so we travelled around. We, we spent a good three, four months in WA, Broome, and all in between. It was amazing. And the idea was to get back to Melbourne, and then we write down the pros and cons of each place, you know, where, you know, which is a bit more cosmopolitan, where you get a good coffee, there's a good bar, all that sort of stuff. And to me, weather was a big point. And but by the time we got to Port Douglas, and um, Raina um, got pregnant by me, of course. And she's a good girl. <laughs> I think I think I think you probably meant to say we got pregnant. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah great. Great. which we assume she got pregnant by you. You know what? I've I've said that so many times. Like <laughs> Raina got pregnant. I've always got the same result. I never figured out the right way to say. It, so it's we we got pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Raina got pregnant by me. <laughs> she, she's a great. Girl. It's funny all the time. <laughs> and um, and then. I said to her, we're sitting outside the cafe, obviously she's on when I was on the espresso. And I said, what do you think this place? Wanna stay here? She goes, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, cool, let's do that. And then uh, we found out the, the, you know, the sex of the kid to be. And uh, boy, we named, we named him Harrison. And we had him Harrison's while Raina was still pregnant. Wow. So uh, Raina was uh, running the floor. It was a small shop in Macrossan Street. Uh, you know, we did it with little money, you know, all that, no backers, never had those kind of things, do it ourselves. And, um, you know, I was doing, still in my kind of London, I thought, listen, I've always loved modern French, classic French, that's what I've always done. And I just love the, the history of it. So, you know, the, the first Harrison's was, uh, you know, foie gras with sauté and sauce, Chateaubriand's and, and stuff like that, great terrines and, you know, scallops, panache of scallops and sauteed on all that kind of stuff, right? It was, it was great stuff. Um, and I wanted to prove a point that I could do it kind of by myself, with it, you know, make it really epic without any of the pomp and ceremony, but just real food, 
cooked with skill and uh, served with passion, that was it. And, you know, we got chefed out within the first few months. It was all cool. It was great. And uh, um, we weren't as busy as we thought we'd be because, you know, it's, it's, it's hot up there. It's tropical and doing classic French didn't work too well. Anyway, we worked all right. And we moved to a, um, a better and bigger venue. Harrison's around the corner. And uh, then, you know, I changed, changed my style a little bit, made it a bit lighter. Um, and then we opened up. Bucci there, which is great. We ended up Bucci in Brisbane. And, you know, years go by and now we have Harrison's and it is the signature restaurant at the Sheraton up there, which, which is great. And we've been there for four years now. And she got pregnant a couple more times? Um, she did. By you? By <laughs> me as well. <laughs> by, by I, I, I know how much you love your wife. I can see you're twirling your ring around. You, you know, she's obviously really important too. She's, yes, she's for sure. So, so we've got three kids. Um, Harry's the oldest, and then we've got uh, Madeline, who is 10, and Hunter, who is 9. And we were talking before, they're pretty jealous that they don't have restaurants, but... Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Madeline's got a chocolate pudding, Maddie's chocolate pudding. And Hunter did have a, a dining room called Hunter's Dining Room where we used to do feasting at the old restaurant. But you know, Ray, Raina, is, she does the stuff I can't do and vice versa. We're a team. It works. Good. Mm. So tell me about some of your philosophies that you're working with now. Like, you know, all, all the things that are, that are going on, you, you're doing the, the taste of Port Douglas coming up in very soon yeah what is the date of that actually uh taste Paul douglas this year is 7th to the 10th of october right yeah so it's one of these we we, we, we did taste Paul douglas for five years in a row and this has come back after a four-year hiatus we put it to bed for um two years we need to regroup and see if we can get, get some more money because you know it was just me and rainer <clears throat> and that was it so this is your baby yes yeah yeah uh, it's just me and Wayne and that was it. Um, um, not leaning on friends and associates, but just calling them in. Um, and, you know, we we had one of the big best lineups um, at a food festival. There isn't, was in the country back then. And it was great. But what, what it was, it was soul. It was, it was a good soulful um, festival as well. There wasn't any bullshit involved. I mean, it was, it was real. Um, all the producers, all the suppliers, you know, they came on as well. You know, the, the chefs are fantastic. Um, yeah, it, and it rocked really good. But it was just a me and Rainer thing. We needed support, we needed backing, didn't get it. And it's coming out of our back pocket. And, um, you know, you, you, you can do that for the industry for so long and then it takes its toll, right? Yeah. You know. So, um, luckily, uh, we've been in Sheraton now and Taste Logs is now presented by Sheraton which is amazing. So now it gives us the muscle, gives us the legs, gives us the scope that we want to make it what it should have always been. Do you know what I mean? So still with the soul, still with the chef, still with the talent, but done properly. It's going to be an amazing... Which which is massive. So so this year, what's happening this year? So this year, everything's against us. Yes. doing this festival now yep. but um, if we don't do it now we never will mm-hmm. and I think you know, we could have done it in August last uh, but then it's just, it's just too hard 
so we decided to pull this festival together within a couple of months, two and a half months, I think it is. But it's a huge team effort from um, Marriott Marketing, the Sheraton, Raina, who is the uh, the girl. You know, I <clears throat> I put the chef together, and somehow I get a bit, I get most of the glory, which I shouldn't. Yeah, do. I mean, I should be doing a podcast with her. It sounds like you should. You should. <laughs> She's actually upstairs now yeah. on the computer. So we're at the W, just over on nerves. Uh, in Brizzy, you're down for the weekend doing a little work. Yeah. So, so Rain is upstairs. Yeah, Rain, Rain is upstairs. We've had a marketing meeting Skype up there with um, with the guy. She's still working on um, on the festival now. She sleeps and wakes to the festival. We, you know, it's, it's just full on. As you know, lots, lots of things to, to pull together. So this year, we're doing it. I, th- I really do believe it's a, a... It doesn't mean to be. It's never wanted to be but it's a, I believe it's a good news story for the industry you know we're, we're collecting chefs mostly from Queensland so this can go on um, originally um, we did have 50% of the chefs from interstate Melbourne and um, Sydney but that's not going to happen this year so we're going to make the best of what we've got which is what you do in life right yeah and uh, we're going to give it 100% uh, with people like yourself and um, make it great uh, and you know, festivals, they, they usually um, concentrate on what they grow locally and all their producing stuff like that. But I think, especially this year more than ever, because the clientele are going to be uh, Queensland based, is to showcase the best Australia has. You know, and, and I, I love Australian produce, I love all the stories, I love all the journeys, and we're bringing all that to the program. And, and all these guys as well. They have just um, <clears throat> just thrown product at us uh, with the knowledge that we're going to do it justice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so tell us about the chefs that are coming. Um, we've got Alana Sapple, first time visitor, Ben Williamson, um, Philip Johnson, Dominic Rizzo. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few going on. So, um, um, Adam Wolfers, first yeah. time for him. And you know what? It, it's a really good. So, we're doing a dinner called um, East Meets West at Harrison's on the Friday night of the festival. So, it's the first thing because you know um, Ben was obviously in the kitchen of Gerard's and now he's got Agnes yeah, and, yeah. and Adam's in there. So, I've kind of put those two together <laughs> for a bit of a thing. Right? Them up, huh? yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, I'm really quite excited how that's going to work. And Ben said, uh, I spoke to Ben the other night. I was like, hey, how do you want me to play this? Do you want me to do um, eggs or do you want me to go back to the Gerard thing? I said, no, the whole thing about these dinners is that you represent your brand, you represent your passion. So I want something completely different. You give me the best Agnes has got. Wow. And, uh, which is cool. And, uh, and you know, Adam's going to be great. He's really into his veggies as well, as you know, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. awesome. And I believe you're supplying all the veggies too for that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I've rang them both this week and yeah. said, okay, boys, get yeah. some stuff. So, so I love this um, this kind of thing. Everyone gets together, everyone talks, and, you know, there's that true connectivity between the chefs and the producers, yeah. right, to create a dinner. And, you know, <clears throat> Vast Felix are involved as well, and there's going to be um, uh, live video feeds coming to the restaurant, which would be great. Ben Williams is also doing a pop-up for Agnes. It's the first one he's done in the festival ground as well and I'm getting a uh, it's like a birdcage uh, barbecue kind of stuff hanging, of yeah, smoke and made for him pineapples yeah, yeah. I'm going up this weekend as you know 
yeah. to go out and see Peter Solera's Fruit Forest Farm. I'm going to see what he's got that we can hang on these things. Right, and then you're going to get in touch with Ben and yeah, yeah, make that work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's cool. So I'm helping with the design of the cage. I'm sorting out the wood out. Ben's got the uh, phantom for the wood guy. You've got the fruit. All comes together. Bada bing, bada boom. That's it. It's, it's amazing. Be, right? It actually is going to be the, the yeah. really fun weekend. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. So, yeah, so that's um, a four-day festival. We're doing that. We're doing a huge long lunch as well for about 300 people. Um, that has got um, four of the restaurants involved in town as well. So there's uh, celebrity chefs involved with that. So that's going to be cool. Um, we've got a really good thing on the Sunday, which is um, a big um, a seafood. It's, it's a bit like a buffet, but it's called Catchers and Growers. But we, we're showcasing the best seafood, shellfish, caviars in the country. People are going to have um, Yellow Valley selection on arrival. Um, Q and A's on that, and then and then all the beautiful, um, you know, Hiramasa kingfish, or a king salmon, uh, Walker seafoods are getting involved, king Walker mussels, you know that great octopus in WA, uh, Uma uh, fish girl, she's going to be on board. Um, it's going to be fantastic. The producers are coming up, um, chucking their own oysters, getting on the microphones, interaction. The chefs are done by then, so there's going to be a table of chefs, so they're going to be coming up. They don't know that yet, but they're going to have a bit of a talk as well. So <laughs> they will by Seafood. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to that. So um, so that's a that's a big weekend. Uh, uh, lots of people to thank for that. And uh, how do you day-to-day how do you, how do you get your inspiration up there? Is, is all the food sort of around that area is, is just so amazing, but you've got to feature a lot of Australian food throughout this yeah. Um, throughout the festival, yeah, yeah. So what what um, what the what I tend to do in the festivals is the chefs send me um, their recipes, and uh, then I take it out to the producers and see what we can use locally, yeah. and what we can showcase. That, 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 that's the main thing, you know. Um, especially with the beautiful, you know, the beautiful vegetables and fruits up there. You yeah, know, it's it's amazing. I'm really really lucky to be living up there because you yeah, actually taste and see vegetables which are ripened by the sun yeah right? not in boxes yes yeah you yeah. know right by the time you get the right kind of yeah. shit you, you you know what i mean and uh which, which is great now i love going to market i love my kids being able to eat sunshine fruit um oh. and knowing when things are in season and then yeah that's super important you know you actually stumped me then i actually forgot what i was going to say but um and i, and I keep doing it every time i go is there room is it is there is there enough room in port douglas for everyone like is have we sold out yet or what's going on with the festival well the festival are we done um the festival is port douglas is hurting a little bit right now because um of the um, border closures and you know we, we are one of these hospi- hos- hospitable places which uh, people like going on hol- holiday and you know, as you know, it's one of the most beautiful locations in the country. It is right? definitely one of the it's most beautiful stunning. places. Uh, you got something for everyone there. It's it's just paradise, you know. Clean, it's gorgeous. It's yeah. great. The, um, the air, the water, you, the sounds, everything's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So the um, it's hurting a bit night right now because you know the Victorians and the New South Wales crew can't come up. Um, but that's all right. Queensland support Queensland, the holiday in Queensland, so that's fine. We're, we're, we're happy with that. So, um, you know, it, it, we're not doing this festival to big up Queensland or Port Douglas. We're, we're doing this festival to big up 
hospitality and and um, make everyone feel cool. You know. So, is it sold out for that weekend? Not yet. Right. Okay. Not yet. So this will be out Sunday. So that's know, right. We'll so if you, if you yeah. This. So the it's it is live right now. So if you want to go to tastebookdouglas.com.au, yeah, that'll feed you to everything. The ticket sales are on there. The whole show. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah, and um, and if they do miss out on this weekend, like it's still a fantastic place to, to be. And if you haven't been there, like you you must. It's, yeah. It's and there's plenty of things to do, and that's the place to base because you can whip up to um, Mossman Gorge, you can whip up to the Dane Tree, the oldest rainforest in the world. Yes. That a lot of people don't know about. Yes. Um, but then you've got the creature comforts of the beautiful market, the two with the coconuts, and loads of art there. Yeah. You know, the whole place is uh, actually, it does feel like a holiday and it does feel like, um, you know, like one of the most amazing places you can ever go and relax and there's plenty yeah. of great accommodation. That's it, that's it. No, no, Port Douglas is great. I'm really, really uh, pleased to call it home. My kids have a, a great life there, so there's family, so do we. Um, and, you know, as you say, there's so much to to do up there you never get stuck but you know the most important thing when you're going on holiday is to relax right yeah and to to forget <laughs> all those stresses and stuff which which you get from all day and Port Douglas is the place to do that you've got a beautiful breeze that can wish all that away from you and you know uh, that what you've done is actually quite amazing you know like a lot of us you know we work hard we're in cities we're in doing things we're traffic and rah rah and you came from London and you, you, you whipped down to Melbourne, you realised that wasn't right, you jumped in the car, you drove around. I just think more people need to do that. Is that, you know, like, life is too short to not live at the beach with your beautiful dogs and your wife and, your, and, your, and doing your passion and hooking up with your mates and doing a bit of a festival. Yeah. I mean, you're really living the dream. Yes. But, you know, but life is as busy as you make it, right? Mm. So, um, you know, my, my life is stressful as busy as the next man. Um, but you know, one one advantage is that I can get in my car, and um, I don't get any traffic jams. I've got a parking space to work, and I can be there in twelve minutes. My kids, ten minutes to school, and stuff like that. But you know, the 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 cons are doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter what you do. If you're in regional um, Australia, it's a full time job to keep yourself relevant. But that obviously depends on the person. If you want to be relevant. You know, mm. um, I do. So it'd be easier for me to be relevant to live for lived in the city, but then I wouldn't have my um, my uh, <laughs> some of my stressless life. You know what I mean? I you know I go to sleep listening to the waves at night, which which is great. I couldn't afford to do that in the city, right? Mm. Um, but um, but you know, li- 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 life's good. It depends where you want to take it. I know my my kids are happy. Uh, they they go to a shoe. They don't have to wear shoes at school. <laughs> wow. I know their, their school's uh, a, um, a Queenslander in a place called Milo, and it's a great school. They're very, very well educated. They're cool, and I thought it was a bit hippieish to have no no shoes, but I think it makes them a little bit bit grander, as it were. But but it's cool. But you know, I'm, I feel very, very fortunate where I am. But um, but Brisbane's got a good calling as well now. Um, the festival is going to be fantastic. We're very, very happy, very proud, and and hugely appreciative of all the support that, um, that we've got for the whole country, really. Yeah. You said before you teach your kids about sustainability. Is that something that's important to you? And... He's a melon. Oh. Scarlett just wrote me a question and I didn't read it properly. 
you, you talk to your kids about seasonality. Is that important to you? I'm reading this now, peoples. Do you think people do that or not? I mean, I feel like there's a massive disconnect oh, between, that's, yeah, that's, you that's, know, children knowing about <clears throat> fruit and veg. Like, I have come to work for Suncoast and, like, I'm still learning about it. My dad's been in the business for, you know, so mm. many years. I should know more about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've, known, I've been worked here for a year now and I'm still learning. Mm. I think we should teach our kids, like, earlier. Oh, for sure. I mean, coming from the UK in the countryside, it used to be hugely seasonal. Mm. You know, never mind at home, I'd be in the restaurant where you're working, but at home. So, you know, in the in the summertime, you'd be eating salads and all that, nice tomatoes and things. And um, and uh, in the wintertime, you'd be having stews with with root vegetables. Do you and, think that and the, the, that's the thing, because there is true seasons there? And, we're, and you're in the tropics and yeah, sort of different seasons? For sure. I mean, I've always said that um, things grow above the soil. They give you freshness and freshness. The things beneath the soil, they give you hugs like stews. So that is the weather thing. Do you know what I mean? So that is the, the summer and the winter. I think these days, <clears throat> especially if you're in a city and you can't see what's ripe or hanging on the trees, and you go to a supermarket, everything's available, right? You get uh, mandarins or asparagus from Mexico and everything's available, so you don't know what's in the season. So I think it's really <clears throat> important when you go shopping with the kids, if they get, oh, that's mandarins, Dad, so you look at that label. There shouldn't be labels on fucking fruit anyway, right? Yeah. But they, they look at the label, where's it from? Is it from Australia? Is it from Queensland region or your region? And if, if it's not, don't get it, you know? I mean, it, it, at the moment, I went, went um, to the supermarket the other day and strawberries were $1 a punnet. Mm. I'm like, wow. And so I bought a lot of strawberries, but then you're thinking, how much is that farmer getting paid for those? Yeah, he is definitely losing money. That's <laughs> like, seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but... Whenever I, I, I prefer it. to buy them rather than rock, you know? But yeah, it's, it's when wrong. they are a dollar, you need to buy 10 punnets. Yeah, that's what we do. And that's how it works for them as well. They've got to sell volume yeah. to make it So, work. I mean, that's in their kids' pack lunches all the time now. Yeah. So, but seasonality is, 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 is massive. It's huge. And I got brought up that way. And um, I always treat my kids the same, you know? Tell me about some of the, the local fruits up there, the tropical fruits. Mm -hmm. um, you know, are you exploring that and doing weird things with those? or? It's not used to. I went through a stage a few years ago of getting really, really quite native with everything. Um, going to, I used to go to um, Mossman Market every Saturday. A Mossman Market was a, I don't know if you've ever been. Um, no, it's, I it's, a, it's a smaller, more smallholders market, a true market. Yeah. And so, you know, somebody might have a little, you know, a basket of custard fruits or, you know, yeah. um, um, not the custard apples. They had different names, you know, the miracle fruits and all that kind of stuff. So you, you'd try new things. You'd take them back. You couldn't put on your menu, but use them as specials. Yeah. So I really started to get into into all that. And, and you know, it didn't give me too much of a buzz, though, to be honest with you. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, it's because a lot of that fruit, you, you can't really do much with it because it's done. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a texture guy as well. And I'm not a big lover of, you know, when it gets there, some months and the potatoes come in and all that kind of stuff and your pawpaws and things like, I don't really enjoy that texture. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, but that's just me. I love what it's all about. I love the goodness. I love all what it what it stands for. But for me, I'm not a big lover of it. Um, I love using local stuff, but what I do, I like to stick with my ethos, which is now um, things that give me memories. You know, so I would you I do like a for dessert, for instance, I'll do a treacle tart, uh, which is my grandma's recipe, but I would burn, make her burn rosette butter rather than her normal butter, but it'd be her recipe, and I'd make it to a cylinder and do stuff with it. And I would, um, you know, the um, vanilla ice cream that she'd normally serve a little custard, I would do like an English clotted cream custard, but using bloom-filled vanilla, which is amazing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, and, and use, and she would use, um, she, she used to make like a lemon syrup. I'd use bush lemons to make the syrup with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I would still stick with my shit, but I would bring other stuff in and it wouldn't confuse it. It still got real Yeah, yeah. So meaning. It's, it's classic evolved with using the, the names. Yeah, and, and that, that's, that's what it should be about. And that's sort of what happens, you know, like, you know, I think, you know, when you hit a sort of spot and that's, mm. that's your go-to, you know, otherwise, you know, it's sort of like, I think from, you know, lots of different things in your life, but, at, you know, we're both, you're, you're, we're both 50 yeah. and, and you sort of get to this point where it's like, okay, that's sort of the way where I'm at with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's common sense, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you, if you, you've done your years, just cook common sense, you know, where you've come from your history, where, you know, where, what keeps you happy, uh, your memories from your grandma, your mum or whatever, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I remember, you know, sometimes you've got to come up with a du jour menu and you come up with a, you know, three courses for say nine, whatever, that kind of thing. So I did, what, what pudding should I do? Steamed puddings. And I, I remember when we used to go to my grandma's house, uh, it used to be a big thing on Sunday, you know, you get all your roast out and stuff. And, I used to love it, and then you, you you walk up to the house, and all the house, all the windows will be steamed up because of all the cooking. You walk in there, big, big, big smell of all the uh, you know the roast pork and all that kind of stuff. Amazing. But when dessert came out, it'd all be like a guess what steam pudding it was, and she'd open it up on the table, and it'd either be uh, chocolate or um, or the ginger syrup or, yeah. or golden syrup pudding or jam or whatever. You know, absolutely amazing. So we used to do those these these little runs and, and you know bringing back that that thing a steam pudding, which costs nothing to make, but you have a great steam pudding, treacle steam pudding, with some English custard put in it. Hmm. Yes, it may not be all out there with all like you know keep it simple. fucking legendary, but I'll tell you what, it tastes ten times better. What are you doing? What are you cooking at home? What are you eating at home? What are the kids eating? What are they cooking? Um, I generally cook as much as I can at home and um, and it's a big thing for me to be for, for my kids to be brought up well and know about palate, know about ingredients and know about sharing. So all our food goes down the middle of the table and um, and uh, we also have some great bread. I love doing you know lamb shot. You know, I tell you what we do, we we tell where we're gonna go today should we go to mexico should we go to france should we go to spain 
and then um, we go and choose, the, you always go and choose your protein first, right? So if you do your lamb, you know, so you go into to England and then we go and get some rosemary, get some, you know, some uh, mint, make mint sauce out of, and then roast potatoes and all that kind of stuff, right? And then, uh, you know, you, you go to Italy and you go and get the, get the other stuff. So we create a country out of the dinner space and they, they learn that way. And uh, we get involved, we eat, we, we, have, we have a laugh, and we've always done that. And I think it's a great thing. We've had love, laughter, tears around our dining table. And they, but the dining table is the most important piece of furniture in the house. Beautiful, I love it. Mm. I love that. That, that, is, that is paramount, you know. Um, yeah, tables, and that's where we, we do the same thing. Every Tuesday mm. night we have a little family dinner. How do you make sure that you're looking after yourself? How do you work life ba- work life balance? Like that's a bad word. How many? How do you make sure that you're exercising and working and looking after your wife and caring for your kids? And is there a secret little recipe there you got that you worked uh, at over the years? Because uh, you want to work your bum off all those years in England, getting the stars and doing all the stuff. What do you do? I think, I think um, until recently, you always come last, right? Oh. So you don't give a shit about yourself. Yeah. Isn't it put your own mask on and get your oxygen and then before you assist others? Doesn't that what they That's tell right. us in the airplane? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't doesn't work, does it? But uh, but but now the middle half yards are over with, with the kids, so they you know, they're thirteen, ten and uh, eleven. We're more stable in our profession, our career. You know, we still got lots to do. We're not finished yet. But, uh, but that's cool. But, you know, those, those hard yards when your kids are screaming at you, your business is screaming at you, everything's against you, those days are gone. Yeah. So now um, I get up in the morning and me and the wife go for a 5K walk with a dog every day. And um, I don't go to work before 11 o'clock every day. I don't do it. I don't, if running is, oh, we've got a 10 o'clock meeting, I'm like, nah, not doing it, can't sleep. I don't do anything before 11 o'clock. That, that morning for me, I get up, get up at six, do the big walk, come back, do all the packed lunches, do all that kind of stuff, because I, I do that, that's my thing. <clears throat> um, Rene gets all the, um, the clothes and stuff ready, make sure they're happy. <laughs> There's all the hair and all stuff like that. I do it, I've always done all the food, but, um, that makes me happy, makes me fulfilled because it used to be just a race and, um, and I neglect the family. But now family comes first. So you get up same time every day? Mm-hmm. Same time every day. And I make sure that I'm at every meet the kids have, uh, you know, any race or anything at school, make sure I'm there, make sure I'm there to pick them up and make sure I'm giving. It's not about me. Tell me five things about Port Douglas that if people go there, they have to do. They have to do. Um, Stay at the Sheraton. (laughs) 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 They'd be paying for that. That can be no, but it's a really good option. It's a fantastic place. Um, They've got to go up to what people don't. What people always get shoved in them is that Port Douglas is about. Um, coral trout and mangoes, right? It's like there's so much more. All the Great Barrier Reef and the rainforest. There's so much more. There's the tablelands, which you know, which yep. is amazing. You can 
the good thing about the Tablelands is that it's an it's an hour going uphill. So when it's humid, when it's the wet season, when you think you should go and hold in Port Douglas, you get in the car, you go up there, the humidity's gone, it's amazing. You've got these little villages with the really nice pubs, you've got the growers there, it's it's amazing. You've got communities Waterfalls? Beautiful waterfalls, all that kind of stuff. There's mm. so much to do, it's a different place. Um, Denture rainforest is amazing, big trees. <laughs> um, the markets are fantastic. Uh, the Port Douglas social life is second to none. Everything's al fresco, you know. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not giving you those five points. I'm just blabbering. No, 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 we want fifty. Um, but I, I, I don't, don't want to put any pressure on you. So yeah, but, but 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 that's but that the whole area. There's so much to do. All right, there's um, community is the biggest thing, uh, and that's that's what's so good about being part of the show tonight. Their 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 new movement is about community involving. The community and bringing the community together, which is what Taste Port Douglas is about now, which is great. So, where can people learn more about Taste Port Douglas? Get on that website, tasteportdouglas.com.au. Very, very important. What about your Instagram? What's your Instagram? My Instagram is, well, my personal. Well, whatever one you want <laughs> well, to you know, mine's about. Spencer Patrick, and uh, the Instagram is Taste Port Douglas. It's on there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they, we're going to be. Um, going hard and going live. But you know, if, you, if you're if from Queensland or South Australia or WA, if they feel generous, uh, come and see us. It's an amazing weekend. Uh, there's special offers going on in a lot of the accommodation houses. But you know, it's, let, let's support Queensland, let's support the producers, and um, let's move forward and have some fun while we're doing it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Spencer. Thank you for being on the uh, podcast. It was a pleasure, mate. Thank you.